Well, thank you to our worship team and thank you to everyone who's joining us online for our special Mother's Day service today. At the moment, we think we are doing the online thing for three weeks, this week, next week, and the following week. At least that was what the government said, which I presume means it is absolutely not true, okay? So, if just going by track record here. But we are hoping that it will be, and we'll be able to gather again soon. And we're really disappointed that we've got great weather today, and we had a wonderful Mother's Day service planned. But you know, for those of you who are mothers, who are watching, who are with your families right now, I am sure, husbands and kids, hint, hint, that you have a wonderful Mother's Day planned last minute in your homes today. And so we just want to pray a blessing on what you're doing, maybe different than you had planned, just like we're doing something different than we had planned. But you know, God can work all our plans together and bring good and blessing out of it. And maybe there's going to be some unexpected blessing or, or something that will happen in your life and in your family today that wouldn't have happened if you had carried out your normal plans. So let's be open for the goodness of God. We will, the Bible says that I will experience the goodness of God in the land of the living. So just whatever you're doing today, wherever you are today, whoever you're with today, just let the goodness of God come into your life, wave after wave. Today is Mother's Day, and next month there we have Father's Day, and then the month after that we have Canada Day. So I decided to create a kind of three-part message series, but they're separated by a month. And it's, it's, gonna, it's called Men, Women, Families, and God. And we want to see what God says about women, about men, and about families. And there'll be a little bit of all of those things in the, all three of the messages. But obviously today we're going to emphasize women. On Father's Day we will emphasize men. And on Canada Day, we will emphasize families, both natural families and spiritual families. Today, as we begin part one of this, I just want to point out that God's first great invention, after he created all things and everything was here, the first institution that God created was the family. Before he created the church, before he created the nation of Israel, before he created anything else, his first human institution, if you like, was the family. And we see this in the book of Genesis, the very first book of the Bible, the very first chapter of that book. It says this, in verse 26 to 28, it says, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image. You know, growing up in the UK, it was funny that, that the royal family, whenever the royal family speak on the TV, they use the word we, you know, as if the queen has multiple personalities or something. We are pleased to be here today. And this idea of the royal we 
comes from God, who refers to himself as we in plural, because God is a Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so although there's one God, there's different aspects to God. And although God is our Father, you, I want you to notice here that both men and women are created in His image. In fact, even men and women can't express the fullness of God's character. They just, that just gives us an insight. Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. And then it says here, they will rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and all the livestock, and all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the, the ground. You see, it's not just men, but also women who are supposed to deal with the spiders in the bathroom, the small things that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in His image. And the Bible tells us that, that He created a man, and He created a woman, and then He blessed them and told them to be fruitful and multiply. Or in other words, I've created a man and a woman, and now I want the man and the woman to create a family. Men, women, families, and God. God began humanity with one man, with one woman, and then told them to create one family. And, that's how, and it's, that's how it's been working ever since. In cultures all over the world, some man and some woman find each other, irritate each other, are fascinated by each other, fall in love with each other, have babies with each other, and families are created. And then at some point, somebody said, let's invent Mother's Day to celebrate the mothers that have done this. Now, you know, God loves families, and I understand that there are many people, probably many watching online today, that maybe you're not part of a family. Maybe you don't know who your mother was or who your father was. Maybe you, did, you do know who they were, but they have all died now. Maybe you long to have been a mother and you weren't able to become it. I realize there's all kinds of people who don't fit in to this original nuclear family that we see God creating. But God isn't just interested in the nuclear family. As we read the Bible, God is interested in the extended family. And God even brings people without families into His family. We see this in the book of Psalms. It says that God is a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, this is God whose dwelling is holy. God places the lonely into families. He sets prisoners free, and He gives people joy. God is a God who restores things that were broken and creates things that were never created that should have been there in the first place. God is a God who loves men, women, and families. Now, I know there's a lot of talk about 
in culture, you will see a lot of talk about how there's a culture war against men and things like that. But actually, one of the things that has really surprised me, maybe I just haven't noticed it because I'm a man. So let's just settle this. Yes, I am a man. So why do I have the right to talk about women? Am I an expert on women? No, I promise you that even though I am at least halfway through my life, I do not understand the female species to this day, okay? I will admit that. But I know somebody who does. He even wrote a book. His name's God. He created women and men and families. And one of the things that I've, I have been uh, struck by really over the last year or two, I've never noticed it before, is there's even a culture war against women and against all things feminine. And in fact, one of the kind of shocking things to me was that it's women who attack other women. And now I know there's a lot of things in the news at the moment about that. I know that there's lots of women who are upset about lots of things in the culture. I'm sure you've all seen videos of women being really upset in department stores and going to the management because a 300-pound man with a beard followed this woman's 11-year-old daughter into the bathrooms, and the management said, there's nothing we can do about that, and if you complain, it means you're a hater you know, and the mother is just wanting to be a mother. Or maybe you, you recently saw the, 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 the uh, high school in the United States where every, every single gold medal in the girls' sports competition in every sport was won by a biological male. And the mothers were saying, we feel like we can't say anything about it or other women attack us. And so, yes, there's those obvious things. But one of the things I really had noticed about a year ago was it is motherhood itself that is part of this culture war. Uh, last year, I saw a video of a women's group. They were from a church and they were on a bus and they were going to join like a women's march. And when they all arrived there, because they had banners with the name of their church or their women's ministry, the organizer stopped them and made it clear, we want women here, but not your kind of women. Um, and uh, they said, why, why are we not allowed in? Because you're pro-life. And the, the women were really surprised about this. And so they videoed the women who were allowed in, and so many of the banners said horrible and hateful and even obscene things against motherhood and stay-at-home moms and soccer moms are traitors and that, all that kind of stuff. And I realized we're in a situation where even women attack other women. And that's not, that's not the way it is in God's kingdom. That's not the way God intends it to be. God talks about brothers and sisters and spiritual mothers and, fam and spiritual fathers. And in the kingdom of God, God wants all you women to support one another, to encourage one another, to love one another, to pray for one another, to be there, to be a sisterhood, sisters in Christ together. And not only sisters in Christ, but the Bible even talks about mothers 
spiritual mothers and spiritual daughters. How in the body of Christ, instead of women fussing and fighting with each other, like they were in these videos I've mentioned, they're supposed to support and help and encourage and teach one another. Look at this verse from Titus. It says this, older women should be encouraged to live free from gossip and drunkenness. You hearing this, older women? Stay off the vodka today. It says, live free from gossip and drunkenness and to be teachers of beautiful things. This will enable them to teach the younger women to love their husbands and to love their children and to be self-controlled. Then I believe it goes on and it says, and be self-controlled and pure, taking care of their household, being devoted to their husbands. By doing the, these things, the Word of God will not be discredited. You know, we live in a culture where many people have been brought up, both girls and boys, have been brought up and never been taught how to cook, for instance, something that used to be a normal thing in, in families. And uh, in the kingdom of God, it's saying here, look, and it's, this is speaking directly to women, although it could apply to other people. If you're struggling in an area of life and you don't know how to do it, God has given you spiritual sisters and spiritual mothers and people that can be around you and can be your encourager. You know, um, the Bible contains the stories of all kinds of women. Um, unlike this video I was talking about where only one particular type of woman who thinks a particular way was allowed on this woman's march, the Bible talks about all kinds of women who live in all different stratas of society. It talks about mothers, and it talks about barren women, and it talks about virgins, and it talks about grandmothers, and it talks about widows. The Bible talks about good girls and about bad girls. The Bible contains uh, dignified queens like the Queen of Sheba, a stateswoman who came to visit King Solomon. It also talks about rough warrior women like Jael, who when she found the bad dude lying sleeping, she got a tent peg and boom, right through his head. And the Bible lifts her up as an example for all women of God, you know? All kinds of different women, redneck women, dignified celebrities. The Bible talks about kind women like Pharaoh's daughter who found the baby Moses and rescued him, or cruel women like Jezebel who had bloodshed going on in her, her nation. The Bible talks about mistreated women, like the woman at the well, who had been married five times. Um, in that culture, women didn't divorce their husbands, husbands divorced their wives, and one of the reasons they did it, because their wives couldn't have children. And it sounds like this woman had been abandoned five times, and yet Jesus brings healing and, and a new life to her. Or what about restored women, like the woman caught in adultery, where Jesus said, says to her, where are your accusers? Well, I don't condemn you either. Now, I restore you. Go and leave your life of sin. 
We find homemakers and we find businesswomen who make cloth and sell it and so on. We even find beauty queens in the Bible. When you think about it, the book of Esther is all about how a woman saved a nation by winning a beauty pageant. And so, whether it is their beauty or their physical strength or their dignity or their business skills or their homemakings, all of these women are totally different with different personalities and different skills and different gifts, and yet they use all of their gifts and abilities for the glory of God and for the, the blessing and the good of other people. So the Bible celebrates feminine attributes at all stages of life. It celebrates motherhood, and it celebrates all of the sacrifices that mothers have to make. And one of the things that we need to realize is, in the Bible, in the times of the Old Testament, all of the cultures in the ancient Near East were brutal when it came to women and children. And God's people, in the middle of that, the people of Israel, had laws that were, that were different. They had laws that elevated the status of a woman. They had laws which meant that the woman should be protected from all of this other violent and evil and uh, misogynistic culture that was around them. And so, when we read the Old Testament laws, sometimes we think, well, that's a bit uh, kind of old-fashioned treatment of women, but it was highly enlightened for those days. They were lifting women and protecting women and looking after their mothers in a way that the other nations didn't. And then when we get to the New Testament, to the time of Jesus Christ, we see what God's plan was. It says in Galatians uh, chapter 3, it says this, uh, there is no longer a separation between Jew and Gentile. What's one of the problems that we have in the world today? Racial tension. And what happens in the kingdom of God? Racial differences don't matter. We are all one. There's no longer Jew or Greek. There's no longer slave or free. What's one of the tensions in the world today? Class warfare, the rich and the poor, the oppressed and the oppressors. But in the kingdom of God, those barriers break down. It says there's no longer male or female. What's one of the tensions we see in the world today? We see that between genders. And yet in the kingdom of God, it says we are all one. We are all equally valuable. God looks at every one of us, no matter what the color of our skin, our gender, our financial acumen, our knowledge, our culture, none of that matters to God. He looks at as, as, as infinitely valuable human beings created in the image of, and likeness of God with a blessing upon us to become a family, to be fruitful and to multiply. And that also includes in Christ, we're a spiritual family. 
And you know, the book of Acts talks about that. It says, in the last days, God says, I will pour my spirit out on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. Everyone who comes to faith in Christ, regardless of their age, regardless of their height, regardless of their wealth, regardless of their ethnicity, and regardless of their gender, every one of us that come to Christ, we receive His grace, His forgiveness, His Holy Spirit, and we're brought into a relationship with Him. You know, there's a very famous passage about women in the Bible, probably the most famous. And sometimes when I read through it, I I actually feel sorry for women because I read through it and I think, oh my goodness, is this even achievable to become this kind of woman? And then, then I turn to that other passage where it says, husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church. And I think, is that achievable? So it looks like both men and women have been called by God to an ideal. Now, that doesn't mean we should be condemned if we don't live up to the ideal. What it means is, by God's grace, we are forgiven for all of our imperfections, but we are motivated to become everything that God wants us to be. And of course, the passage I'm talking about is Proverbs 31, which has this picture of, of a woman that is just like, like if you can find a woman like this guy, marry her quick, right? I, there might only be one in the whole world that can do all of these things. But I was reading it recently, and instead of seeing it as some list of unaccomplishable things for one person to fulfill, I actually saw it as lots of different character and personality attributes. Let's have a look. It says this, who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust in her, and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. And as I read that, I realized this was talking about a loyal woman a loyal woman. Maybe you don't have any money, maybe you don't have business skills, but you can be loyal. Now let's look on. The next one says, the next one says, she goes and inspects a field and buy it. This woman, as well as being a wife and a mother, is involved in commercial real estate transactions, right? She goes and inspects a field and buys it. With her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She is energetic and strong, a hard worker. She makes sure all her dealings on Etsy are profitable. Uh, It says here, her lamp burns late into the night as she invests into crypto or whatever she's doing, right? And uh, whatever it is, this is talking about a businesswoman. If you are a businesswoman, if you've got some skills to generate money and your mind operates that way, 
God is excited about you realizing your full potential in that area as well. We had a loyal woman, a businesswoman. Let's read on to the next one. It says, her hands are busy spinning thread, her fingers twisting fiber. She extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. She has no fear of winter for her household, for everyone has warm clothes. You know, when the Bible says that when you're generous, when you sow, you shall reap. And this is talking about a generous woman, a woman whose heart wants to help people in need when she sees them. Uh, and so, and when she steps out and does that, she has no lack. We had a loyal woman, a business woman, a generous woman. There's three more. Um, it says she is clothed with strength and dignity, um, and she laughs without fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are wise, and she gives instruction with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. She's a fulfilled woman. She's laughing. She's enjoying life. Can I just say to all the moms out there, yes, it's good to be a mother. It's good to work hard. It's good to look after your family. But it's not good to be a martyr and sacrifice yourself. Enjoy life yourself. Find some time. Today is your day. Find some time for you to be blessed, for you to find fulfillment in life. She's a fulfilled woman. Let's read on. It says, her children stand and bless her. Hey, kids watching this, and I don't just mean little kids. I mean grown-up kids whose, whose mother is still alive. Take today to bless your mother. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. You know, I, I, I think you should just say you're the best woman in the world because if you start by saying there are many wonderful women in the world, you might say, right, who are they then? I want a list of their names. How do you know who they are? And so maybe you should just let her think that she's the only one you've ever noticed. She's an appreciated woman. Husbands, dads, kids, appreciate your mothers and your wives today, wherever you are, whether you're in a family with them or you have to call them on the phone, show some appreciation. And lastly, it says, Charm is deceptive, and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. She is a godly woman. God comes first in her life. Oh my goodness, there were six things that we looked at there, six different attributes. Whatever kind of woman you are, you have been created by God. You've been created uniquely, and God wants your uniqueness to be fruitful and for you to be fulfilled by it and for you to be a blessing to other people through it and for other people to be appreciative of you for all that you offer them. And most importantly of all, 
everything that you do in your life and that you are being appreciated for in life, it is all for the glory of God because our families are supposed to be little reflections of the family of God and what we will enjoy in heaven. Where when we get to heaven, there won't be super saints and and lower saints. There won't be the men in one room and the women in the other. The kids and the adults won't be separate. There won't be a church for the Ethiopians and another church for the Indonesians. We will all be one family together, brothers and sisters in Christ, with enjoying the blessing of one God who looks down at us and says, you are my family, every one of you. I love you. I have gifted you, I bless you, I appreciate you. Now use your gifts to bless one another, to love one another, and to appreciate one another. I want to just uh, pray for you all right now. I want to pray for all the mothers who are watching, and then I want to pray for all the spiritual mothers who are an example to others in their life. Then I want to pray for all the families, and then I want to pray for our church family. So come on, church, just get yourself in an attitude of prayer together. If you're there with a family, maybe join hands together. Lay hands on your mom if she's there, and let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you're a God of community, not just of individuals, but of families, natural families, spiritual families, an eternal family, a forever family. And Lord, we just pray for all of the people connecting online with us today. First of all, we pray for all of the mothers watching. May today be a day where they are blessed, where they are refreshed, where they are appreciated and their batteries are recharged. For the spiritual mothers out there who may or may not have children, but who have spiritual children and spiritual daughters that they encourage and pray for and bless, may they also know your blessing today, Father God. May our families blended families, broken families, all kinds of families that are joining us today. May they know the peace of Christ and the love of God in their midst today. And may all of us who are part of Gateway, whether we normally gather together here or whether we're scattered all over the world, may today we be reminded afresh that we are a family, the community of Gateway are a family, and that we are part of your family through every nation, tribe, and tongue, through all generations, in heaven and on earth. May we know what it is to enjoy community in Christ, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's just bring our hearts before God.